0: What a day, what a day, what a day! Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time
0: for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot
1: of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On
0: Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick.
2: Hour number two of the show, and it's a big one. JT, back with you as we're brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head out to the 64-plus locations here, and they also own the Stratosphere. That first hour was big. We just spoke to the owner of the Golden Knights, Bill Foley, along with Alex Tuck. Joe Theismann called in. He's in town this weekend, and we kick off this hour with one of my favorite guests and one of the biggest impact businessmen and leaders in this community, the general manager and president of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Chris Powell, as NASCAR's in town. Chris, good to talk to you again. I hope you're doing well. Good to talk to you, JT.
1: That is uh, an incredible introduction you gave me there. I'm most appreciative. Don't know that I'm deserving.
2: You are deserving, and one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you, as we just had Mr. Foley on, Bill Foley, is oh, you're a leader in this community. Uh, we're trying to get fans with covid back into seats by going to your events the two races here and i think you're one of the most important people in vegas not only nationally and globally with setting the tone to get more fans in attendance how is that working out for you coming into this race well let's go back a few
1: months back into september when governor sisolak uh, limited us to zero percent fans for our september south point 400 so we We had some uneasy months in the meantime, worrying about which direction this uh, pandemic would take. And fortunately, the numbers since the first of the year have dramatically improved, and I think everybody's aware of that. Uh, We were uh, buoyed by the fact that on February the 11th, Governor Sisalak announced that large gatherings could expand to 20 percent of capacity, and so that was that was a bit of a relief. I think he short sold us a little bit our, our community in that I thought we should have had 30 to 40%, but we were at least somewhat mollified by the fact that Governor Cicillart allowed for 20%. It was it was to my great disappointment that I later found out we not only had to pass muster with the governor's office but also with two other departments, a state entity called Business and Industry and a regional entity, which is not a county agency, nor is it a state agency, but a regional agency called the Southern Nevada Health District. And uh, the the health district saw fit to limit us even farther than the governor to 15% capacity. And uh, I can only understate it a bit when I say we were terribly disappointed about that because our grandstand spans more than three-quarters of a mile, and they've limited us to somewhere around twelve thousand five hundred people that we can we can socially distance. So far, they could they'd have a hard time making a telephone call to one another, much much less get a get a virus from one another. So we think that they did a poor job there, to, to say the least. And I was I was I, I met with them on one occasion on a, a Zoom call, the the today's version of a meeting, and. Uh, I asked what I thought was a very good question. What did the people in Tampa experience after 24,000 went to the Super Bowl at Tampa Stadium? What types of clusters, what types of pandemic issues did it cause? And, of course, they had not called anyone in Tampa. They'd not called anyone in Phoenix where uh, the some of the, the bowl game had been played. They'd not called the Orange Bowl. They'd not called the uh, the golf Tournament people down in Phoenix or, or the health department in Phoenix to see what type of issues. They, they didn't call anywhere, JT. They didn't do any work. They just, without any basis in science, decided that they would limit us to 15%. And so I think uh, Mr. Foley with the Golden Knights is probably as, as frustrated as I am about this, that you've got some mid-level management people at the Southern Nevada Health District who answer to a board that many of which nobody votes upon because you got a couple of county commissioners and a couple of city councilmen from various municipalities here in southern Nevada.
2: Chris Powell is our guest. I agree with you, Chris. That's why, again, I I am so frustrated by this because I take COVID very seriously. I was tested throughout the NFL season, and I watch protocol, and I know how you and your entire team takes this so seriously. And what we were talking about last year, and I talk about every week with my NASCAR guest, this is the biggest footprint in sports outside to spread out customers and race fans and to spread them out. If you cannot do it safely in NASCAR outside with the way you're able to run your business in the Speedway, no one is able to do that. So I think if they're giving one sport more leeway over another, when it comes to the overall percentage of fans who can attend, it's got to be your sport NASCAR. It makes too much sense. I agree.
1: I mean, the short answer, the the short response to what you said, JT, is I absolutely agree, but – uh, the people at the Southern Nevada Health District obviously do not agree, and they told us we would be a test pilot. And I think one of the greatest economic engines in Southern Nevada during the course of any year is NASCAR, especially the one in in the spring. And, and the fact that they just made without any basis in science a decision and uh, are limiting us to 15% capacity is just laughably absurd in my book. That said, let me agree with you on the other part that we do – Take very stringent precautions and follow all the protocols when it comes to the COVID virus. And, and whereas the NASCAR drivers will not be available to to fans, unfortunately, this go round, but they're not. Also, they're also not even available to their own teams. They they come in on Sunday morning. They go straight to the race cars. They don't even hang out in the garage area during the pandemic. So NASCAR takes it very seriously. Our Speedway takes it seriously, as we will. Have uh, mandatory mask wearing among all attendees we'll be doing all kinds of cleaning uh, every thirty minutes in high touch areas and we'll be disinfecting like nobody's business and keeping everybody well socially distanced as we can do in a grandstand that spans three quarters of a mile so so we're frustrated, but we're we are uh, excited that we're going to have some fans so so we're we're happy about that, and I think we're going to make a lot of people happy this weekend at all three of our events. And I know you guys are Ra- Raiders Radio, and the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is going to be giving the command for the gentlemen to start their engines on Sunday for the for the Penzo 400 presented by Jiffy Lube. So we've we've got a lot of good things going on. I wish we could have more fans, but that's that's the way it goes right now.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for Derek Carr. It's going to blow him away to have this experience. It's life-changing when he's down there and he gets a chance to hear the roar of the motors and see that. Hey, Chris, we've talked over the years about the innovation with your TV partners and Fox and everybody who does such a great job, and especially the innovations to the track, the Neon Garage. What's new since last year? What's new with the track?
1: Well, I can't say there's a lot new uh, this year, given the pandemic situation, Mm -hmm. But we've got some, uh, some great racing. You know, that we're, we're the only speedway on the NASCAR circuit to have two triple-header weekends, which is to say on Friday we'll have the trucks with our bucked-up 200-truck race. And then on Saturday, the Ausco uniforms, Ausco uniforms 300 Xfinity race, where two of our locals will be competing, Noah Gragson and Riley Herbst. And then on Sunday, Kurt and Kyle Busch will be competing in the Penske 400 NASCAR Cup Series event. And one little bonus is that Kyle Busch is going to compete on Friday night in the truck race, so we're excited about that. He always seems to do pretty darn well whenever he takes the wheel of the truck. And uh, so we've got a lot of good things going on. Now, we've already had to announce a sellout for Sunday's Penske 400 because of the limitation on the mm-hmm. fan capacity. So Sunday's race is sold out, but we do still have a few tickets left for both Friday and Saturday for Friday's race is at 6 p.m. Saturday afternoon at 1.30, and then, of course, the green flag falls at 12.30 on the Pennzoil 400.
2: Hey, Chris, finally, this is such a big international event, and domestically you have so many fans that are flying in from Alabama, from Florida, from back east, the Midwest. Because of what they get out of Vegas. You know, the casinos are not at full capacity. Restaurants, as we're getting there, as we started off this interview. But uh, leave us with your vision going forward from this race to the next race. And you're in a lot of big meetings. You talk to a lot of big newsmakers. What is the upside here? What do you expect to see the second half of this year that encourages you and everybody in Vegas and everyone else throughout the United States that it's going to get better? The economy is going to pick up, and it's going to be led by NASCAR
1: the vaccine. Uh, I would encourage anyone who is eligible to do so, and as soon as they become eligible, to make sure to get the vaccine. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of reading on this topic, and I think that is going to be the key. Now, speaking of the vaccine, I have had conversations and emails with, with Governor Sisolak about this topic. Our sister, Speedway, at Texas Motor Speedway, north of Fort Worth, Texas, a few weeks ago, did a vaccine program where they were vaccinating 1000 people an hour. Now, unfortunately, our state does not have as much vaccine right now, just it's not even available. There's not there's not enough quantity of it in order to have such a program at our speedway. But the governor has assured me that as soon as we get enough, we will participate and create an area where we we can have as many as 1,500 to 1,600 people an hour get vaccinated at Las Vegas Motor Speedway and never even leave their vehicle. Now, I know you saw the picture in the paper a couple of weeks ago of these elderly people standing in line. It must have been torture to stand in line for hours on end in order to wait for uh, to get the vaccine. And so we are uh, highly uh, excited about the, the 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 vaccine program that we want to take part in here at the Speedway. And to get people vaccinated so that when September rolls around, I, my hope is that we can have a full grandstand, just like the Alabama Crimson Tide has, has already said they're counting on having a full grandstand at Bryant-Denny Stadium this fall. And we're, we're counting on the same thing here at Las Vegas Motor Fe- Speedway for the September South Point 400 weekend.
2: Well, Chris, we'd like to be involved with that if we can help as a radio partner. I'll see you out there this weekend at the track. And thanks again for everything you're doing because it's very important that people hear your voice about what's going to happen next in Vegas. Really appreciate it.
1: thank you for your time today and for all your support.
2: You got it. Chris Powell, the president and general manager of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, one of the most respected men in this town, period. One of the guys... Uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame member, Uh, the times I've been in a room with him and he talks, people listen, and that's really the theme of the month of March. And, man, we are off to a hell of a start, getting Bill Foley on and Chris Powell on the same day, and it just worked out that it came together, thanks to Jeff Motley who put that together, Sage and Eric and everybody at the Golden Knights who are giving us this really great platform to talk about this on top of all the Raiders content that we have. So I've had four people call into my show today, Joe Theismann, Chris Powell, Bill Foley, and Alex Tuck. Now I'd like some of you to call in today and tell me what you think, and tell me what you think about what we're doing with sports in Vegas, J.J. Watt, whatever. I know we have a lot of interviews here, but when the interviews are over, well Howard Balls are supposed to check in, we'll fly through some phone calls Uh, It's been light on the Raiders' content, and instead of just sitting here making up stuff about the Raiders, which I don't do, I'm talking to the biggest newsmakers in town in one of the biggest weeks in town in a year in Las Vegas. In one year in Las Vegas, the Golden Knights had over 2,000 fans in the seats last night, and Chris Powell's going to have more out at the Speedway this weekend, and I'll be out there for that. That, to me, is important, so now we can hear from you on how these events are going to be here for you, how you think you'd like to attend some events. And maybe with the theme of the show today, we can pivot here for a little bit. I'd like to hear from you on not so much if you got vaccinated, because maybe you didn't get vaccinated, depending on your age. I haven't been able to yet. But when are you going to get vaccinated? And will you be a leader buying a ticket and going in? I talked to someone yesterday who said, oh, my God, I can't wait to get a golden night seat. How do I do it? Where do I scalp? I'm like, look, I can't help you with that. But I know people who have not been vaccinated who want to go to sporting events and they want to wear a face covering and they want an opportunity to go. They just want an opportunity to go. Where do you stand personally on that? If someone offered you two tickets to go to the Speedway this weekend, would you go? Or are you going to wait for your vaccine? If someone offered you two to the Golden Knights, would you go? Or are you a week away from getting your second shot? I don't know unless you tell me. And everybody listening outside of Las Vegas, this goes for you too. I mean, it is tough in California now. I lived in California for over 20 years. And when you look at California and the politics that we try to keep out of the show, this is now politically driven. You heard the frustration from Chris Powell, who's on the phone with everyone in this country, when he talks about county commissioners or individuals who are on boards who are trying to stop, stop the economy from opening up. Now, I think their intentions are safe. They want everybody to be safe. But we all navigated through COVID for a year. It started last month. Those of us who put on our masks, those of us who have tested negative, those who have tested positive that are now negative, they want to get on with their lives. So if we can do it in a healthy and safe way, let's go. And Chris Powell and especially Bill Foley, who joined us today, they have a vision for how they want to do it. And it sounds like they don't want to be slowed down politically. But that's why we have politicians who say halt, no, or go, or take two baby steps and one back. And I try to avoid that. I just try to talk to people who are making decisions and going to try to get you into some of these games because that's what I want to do. I want to be tailgating at a Raider game before I go on the pregame show and look out a window at Allegiant Stadium And see 40,000, 50,000 Raider fans walking in through the turnstiles at Allegiant Stadium. And the way that's going to happen is with the ingenuity of technology, the vaccines, and a bunch of fans willing to go. Which I know in the Raider Nation, you're all going to go. If you can get a ticket, if you got a BSL, if you can find a ticket, you're going to go to a Raider game. So let's get it going here so I don't have to talk to myself for another 40 minutes after talking to those legendary names today, including Joe Theismann, 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200 on where you stand with the Golden Knights, the Raiders, going back to sports again, and also Howard is going to join us from Sports Illustrated. He covers the Arizona Cardinals on J.J. Watt in that move. I'm I'm not bitter that he's not a Raider. All I wanted was the presentation, the Maverick helicopter touching down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, J.J. Watt having champagne, being offered a Raider jersey, flying back to the strip. You know, something like that. But J.J. Watt seemed like he was focused on the money, and he lands with the Arizona Cardinals.
3: I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before. And now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. The way that you guys have treated me, besides draft night. I mean, you guys booed me on draft night. Every day after that, you treated me like family. And I truly feel like you're my family.
2: J.J. Watt on the ground in Phoenix, in the Scottsdale area, Glendale area. We'll get to Howard Balzer, the Hall of Fame voter. Uh, He'll join us from NFL Radio here in a little bit. And we want to congratulate Christopher Wilson. Let's congratulate Christopher Wilson, who was our Sky Diamond winner in our contest here at Lotus Broadcasting on the Las Vegas Sports Network. Congratulations to Christopher Wilson, our winner. Great news, a tremendous promotion with Sky Diamond, and we appreciate the fact that he won, hung in there with Sky Diamonds, and he is the winner of our contest. Uh, Didn't get a chance traveling last week to congratulate him, thanks to Christopher. And hopefully he loves everything he's getting from Sky Diamonds, especially the tremendous service, the unbelievable selection. 702-365-9200, I guess the phones work. It's Chris in West Oakland. You can count on him. How are you, Chris?
0: I'm doing good, my friend. Let me say, JT, one of the highest compliments I can give you, especially how far you've come as an interview, you know me pretty well. I couldn't care less about NASCAR or hockey, yet those interviews you did in the first hour and and even the last one uh, with the NASCAR guy held my interest and they were just phenomenal. I learned a couple of things. Still have no interest in going to a NASCAR or a, or a hockey game, but but like I said, it's held my interest and in, in, in coming from where I came from. You're one hell of an interview, and you can make anything interesting, even to people that aren't necessarily interested in that subject. As far as J.J. Watt goes, let me hit that real quick. Look, I know there was talk about the Raiders going after him. I was never on board with that. The guy's a stud, but his best days are behind him. He's better off going to a team where maybe he can play – only in passing situation. This is a guy, JT, that's missed 32 games his last four years. That's two full seasons. The Raiders don't need any other guys that can't get on the field. And while I love J.J. Watt, he's a great humanitarian. What he did after the hurricane was phenomenal. It's been my experience that people don't get healthier as they get older, especially in football. Guys that are more injury-prone, Don't get healthier in their 30s. Usually it gets worse. As far as the vaccination, I'm just like you, JT. We're about the same age. I'm waiting to get my vaccination. I have no problem taking it. I can't wait to go to a live event. I want to go to a baseball game. I want to go to a rock concert, you know, being here in the Bay Area, all the great venues. Those are the things I miss. And absolutely, I have no problem taking a vaccination. Hopefully... Six months, I don't know how much longer it takes. Maybe Mm -hmm. I just want to get back to some semblance of normal where we were before. That, you know. The calendar turned to March, I'll be hitting you big time the next few weeks on March Madness. And again, my 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 favorite time of the year's been affected. I cannot go to Lake Tahoe because there'll be no March Madness viewing party. So we're still not quite there, but hopefully, you know, the end's in sight and that light at the end of the tunnel's not a train. Hey it's Chris, Chris, before you, you yeah, friend. Chris
2: yeah. Chris, before you go, one last thing. You don't want JJ Watt but you're one of the first guys to call me on a postgame show in the stadium and they didn't get home to sack the quarterback. So I hope you got some homework going on some free agents or the draft because you don't want J.J. Watt, and you're a guy that don't get home and take that quarterback out and they lose in the fourth quarter. You're one of the first guys on hold screaming and yelling from the hills. Well, like I said, JT, I want them to
0: do things like draft Devin White, not Cleveland Farrell. I want them to make the right choice. That's Mike Mayock and John's Gruden's job. They continually miss with their draft picks and free agents uh, when it comes to getting to the quarterback. If you would have asked me for J.J. Watt five years ago, absolutely. But JJ, J.J. Watt only had five sacks last year, JT. He's not the answer getting to the quarterback. If you put him on a team with studs, Around him, maybe he now maybe he becomes you know he finds the fountain of youth for the last year or two. I don't think he would have been a good fit, and I don't think he would have been uh, very good with the Raiders. And my prediction is that he doesn't even play two these two years, or he's hurt the majority of the time, and he'll never see a third year after that. But we'll see what happens. I wish him nothing but the best because the guy's been a class act, and he's a great guy. And anything good for the Arizona Cardinals is bad for the San Francisco
2: 49ers, which makes it okay in my book. Thank you, my brother. I'll talk to you on the night show thank you there he is Chris we will call both shows today and I appreciate that he has opinions and Raider fans I know you have opinions too if you didn't want J.J. Watt I did I have no problem saying that John Gruden's not gonna get upset with me I like J.J. Watt I thought J.J. I'm not predicting he's gonna get injured I think J.J. Watt's got juice left in the tank he played every game last year and I think he'll play and I hope he doesn't get hurt and the Raiders do not have a player like him. I love – I'm a big fan of Mad Max because I like what Mad Max brings to the team. He was a value draft pick. He wasn't a first-rounder. And now he's playing higher than his draft equity. So he's living up to everything. The guy gets surgery. The guy gets hurt. He plays. You don't hear a peep out of him. He just loves the Raiders. He'll get a Raider tattoo. He'll go out there. He's on social media. Mad Max loves being a part of this organization. Also, Mad Max understands Howie Long, Greg Townsend, the history of the position. And he understands the Raiders. And I would hope that some of his younger teammates who are coming in are going to reach out. Are going to reach out to Mike Haynes and Eric Allen. I was just in Tempe this last weekend and I took a picture of my son in in front of ASU's football stadium. And I sent the text to Mike Haynes and Eric Allen, who are both legendary ASU Sun Devils. And they got right back to me. Got right back to me. They got back to me one in 30 seconds, the other one in three minutes, as we were walking past the stadium. And I say this again. I would hope that Damon Arnett is texting Mike Haynes. I would hope that Trayvon Mullen has an opportunity to just pick up the phone and call Eric Allen or Charles Woodson. They'll pick up the phone. And they'll talk to those guys about being Raiders and hopefully give them advice on how to train in the offseason and how to become better players. We're only talking about Hall of Famers or close to Hall of Famers. And John Gruden takes that really seriously, and so does Mike Mayock. You could sit down there and sit down with Mike Mayock, and he'll tell you about every legend who's ever played for the Raiders. He's the savant with that. And I think it's really important going forward that if you're going to be a Raider, reach out to Matt Millen. Matt Millen, we almost lost Matt Millen multiple times. Call him up. Ask him how he's doing. If you're a linebacker, if you're Nick Kwiatkowski, figure out where Greg Beekert is and call him and say, hey, what was it like for you within the organization? What advice can I get from you? It's important. I mean, these guys are training. They're working their butt off. They're making a ton of money. Some get it. Others don't get it. It was a good video I saw. Someone tweeted it out of Trent Brown and Trent Brown jumping on a box in training. Great to see. Fantastic to see. I'd love nothing more than to see a fully motivated and healthy Trent Brown come back with the Raiders and play right tackle. But the question is, if he gets paid, will he be highly motivated? No one can answer that question other than Trent Brown. Nobody. No one can answer that question if Trent Brown gets paid and Trent Brown comes back and the Raiders don't let him go. Can you count on him to play 16 games? I can't. I can't, and I was in the stadium for every home and road game. He was never there. So all of a sudden he's going to, this offseason, find a way to be there more and be a better teammate and, and be so into being there and playing through pain. I didn't get that impression last year. But if he is healthy and he's 100% and the Raiders don't have a better choice at right tackle, which they might not, welcome him back and pull for him here. I get the roster just like you do when they make the final cutdowns. I get the roster just like you. And when it comes to the draft, I'm hoping with all the mock drafts, i got a pile of mock drafts here on my desk that I'm going through and I'm highlighting. And most of the mock drafts believe that the Raiders are going to go after a linebacker or an edge rusher or a defensive tackle on the defensive side. Last year they went with Henry Ruggs. They took Lynn Bowden, third-round pick, really bad pick in hindsight. Where else Tanner Muse? Can he play? I don't know. I hope he can play next year. I hope he's healthy. There's a lot of draft picks from last year. Damon Arnett, concussed, didn't play a lot. When he did play a lot, he flashed at times. You look at what the Raiders did in the draft and free agency last year. Nick Kwiatkowski, who got hurt in his first game, played through the pain. I thought that he flashed. Corey Littleton, not at all. Didn't see much from him, but obviously some people did. Some of the coaches think he'll be lined up better with the new defensive coordinator, and he'll be able to make plays. Nicholas Morrow had a very good year. I did not have any confidence in him at all. I thought he was just one of the guys, and he proved me wrong. He played his ass off and played at a high level. It'll see what happens with him long-term with the team. Eric Harris, who I like and have I've interviewed, I think he's a better special teams player than a starting safety in the NFL. Uh, John Abram, I think, is a killer when it comes to tackling and lining people up, but can he cover? Did he get smarter in the offseason? Is he going to be able to stay in the box when he needs to and drop back into coverage? No idea. That's Gus's job. Gus Bradley and these defensive back coaches, that got to coach him up. And then my favorite player with upside is Trayvon Mullen, an MVP, a national champion at Clemson, and the type of player that I think he's physical, he's good covering, he could be a blanket coverage, he's got makeup speed, and I like his play. I think he's the type of player who, who can come into the Raiders and have a drastically improved next year. But as I said, as I have this depth chart in front of me, as I'm looking at it, there's only four or five openings for the Raiders because of the position that the Raiders put themselves in, drafting young players who are on rookie deals, and they're not going to get cut. They're going to be here. So if you're going to stick with Arnett, John Abram, and Trayvon Mullen, that's three of your four defensive back starters in corners or safeties. You're going to bring in another safety, I would think, in the draft of free agency. I think another corner, a Richard Sherman. I don't think Richard Sherman has a ton left, but, hell, man, that guy in that locker room would be a leader and coach these other kids up. We, we better see a linebacker. We better see a linebacker taken who can play and start on this team. Not a practice squad guy. Not a guy I'm talking about a guy who can play football in the NFL. And then I'm expecting – a trade. I'm expecting a trade for an edge rusher or a free agent like Yannick Ngakwe, who I think you can go. You know, clowny with the surgery. If you can get clowny for 30 cents on the doll, dollar, I'm all for that. But you've got to find players that can get to the quarterback. So that's my Raiders rant. Uh, we'd like to hear from you on that. 702-365-9200. As we continue on with the show, we are going to talk to Howard Balzer. Who is the Arizona Cardinal insider? Reached out to him and he got back to me because they made a big move with JJ Watt. And I want to know more about that deal. The Hall of Fame voter will join us. I'm proud to tell you about a new sponsor, Bell Solar, an amazing company. You can trust them. They're hiring right now, motivated sales professionals. How about that? They're hiring. The solar industry is booming, the income potential is huge bell solar is hands down the best solar company to work for and they pay the best they're now now hiring sales professionals at 702-979-1277 bell solar 702-979-1277
0: away by Stone it's out to center Stone trying to get the breakaway he got slashed Stone coming in it's now a two on one Stone centers and they score! Pacioretty wins it in overtime on the fifth setup by Mark Stone
2: 5-4
0: Vegas in overtime the Knights remain atop
2: the West Division standings. What a call by Dan Duval what a goal. I'll tell you, that team brings tremendous excitement into my household. My wife never watched hockey, as in never. And she's got the game on every night as I'm doing the shows from home. Whenever the Golden Knights are on, we try to watch it. And last night's game was incredible. What a comeback. And what about the fortunate luck for the fans who got in there? We'll talk Vegas Golden Knights. We had Alex Tuck on earlier. We had the owner, Bill Foley on, which meant a lot to me. Really appreciate that as we continue. And I talked to a Vegas legend. I started with him at Sports Fan Radio Network. Now he's covering the Arizona Cardinals for Sports Illustrated. How about that for great timing? J.J. Watt, Howard, appreciate you coming on. Just landed with the Cardinals. I didn't see it coming, did you? No, I did not. Uh, I have to be quite
3: honest. Uh, Of course, none of us really knew there was obviously all the different possible landing spots for him that everyone throws out there. But no, I, I did not see this one coming even though Deandre Hopkins was kind of pushing for it and, and all those things, how much he really had to do with it, who knows, but uh, the, you know, the Cardinals made a pretty bold move, even though it's not huge money, a two-year deal, it's still pretty good money obviously on those two years. And I think it's a move as much as anything, obviously to improve the defense, but also to send a message that this team is all in on trying to continue to improve from the improvement from last year and in a very difficult division, I hope to compete, compete for that uh, division title. And I think it also JT, what it shows is it's saying to other, you know, it's a message kind of other players. This is a good place to be. And guys like Patrick Peterson, Hassan Reddick, other players on that defense that are going to become free agents, hey, you don't know what's going to be available out there on the open market, but this is a good place to be because we feel we're turning the corner, and I think this move has a lot of different ramifications to it in addition to what Watt can bring in terms of his talent and leadership uh, to this team on the field and in the locker room.
2: I agree 100%. I'm a big J.J. Watt guy. I think his leadership, NFL man of the year, future Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Fame voter. The question becomes when people who are not in Arizona come out and say, well, he doesn't have this much, or he could get hurt. He played all 16 games. He's completely healthy. He'll come into camp completely healthy. And I think he's got a lot left in the tank, about to turn 32. How much do you think he has left? Well, you know, I don't know that we can
3: predict that. And certainly it's always a risk when you get guys who are a little bit older, and he has had that injury history. But like you said, he did play all 16 games last year. I don't know that the Cardinals are expecting close to – player of defensive player of the year production that he had when he won that award uh, three times and i don't know that they're expecting a guy who's going to play most of the snaps but he's a guy that can upgrade that defensive line and that's the thing i see a lot of people jt saying oh boy he's going to be really great on the edge the other side of chandler jones well he doesn't play on the edge he's played in the three four defense Mm -hmm. as a defensive lineman where he could play the run and still rush the passer which isn't that which is difficult to do and be able to improve that line for the Cardinals and then help the edge rushers behind that with Chandler Jones, whether Reddick's back or not, they have Marcus golden who they brought in during last season. He's a free agent. I know they would like to keep him. Devon Kennard started off pretty good last, but then hit a tough spot when he uh, went on the COVID list and then had another injury. So I think they're looking at this as a way to help that, Uh, that group behind him and, 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 you know, and obviously get the rush on, you know, get the pressure on the passer, but also be good against the run.
2: Howard Balzer, NFL radio, NFL hall of fame voter with the pro football hall of fame. Uh, Tell me more about Chandler Jones and how good he is now that you're there looking at tape, you're covering the team more. You've covered the league for a long time, but what makes him so special and now, you know, I am a big Isaiah Simmons guy. I love that pick as the ultimate hybrid player coming out of Clemson. Peterson, I don't know what his future is going to be there. Buda Baker. The rest of that defensive roster looks pretty strong to me. And Watt just adds the motor to help that defense go to the next level.
3: That, that's what they're certainly, you know, hoping
2: for. And, and I think it's,
3: you know, it's one of those things where, however many snaps he plays, that he, he's going to be a factor that defenses definitely uh, have to account for. But in terms of the first part of your question, I mean, Chandler Jones had a tough season last year. And, you know There was a lot of attention being paid to him early, and he only had one sack and then got hurt in the fifth game of the year and missed the rest of the season. So that was after a year when he was you know, runner-up for defensive player of the year mm-hmm. and had 19-and-a-half sacks on a team that only won five games. That That's pretty tough uh, to do. So he obviously wants to prove something coming back. He's got a big contract. He's in the, going into the last year of his contract. My sense is, you know, the Cardinals aren't in great salary caps uh, situation, and we don't know yet what the cap ramifications are of this Watt deal, how the contract's structured, and all those things. But Chandler Jones is counting over $20 million against the cap. I suspect that they're going to restructure that, add some years to it, turn some of his base salary this year into a signing bonus so they can lower his cap money. And because, like I said, he's 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 very de- he's dedicated, a great leader, great guy, and he's dedicated to uh, coming back from a very disappointing season because of injury. And so, as he's back at his previous level, and he's always been a great you know guy you know sacking quarterbacks, then man, the all, all like you said, all these guys on defense. are are getting to the point and they're understanding Vance Joseph who's in the third year uh, as a coordinator. I think one of the keys is Patrick Peterson, JT, because they need another corner anyway. If Patrick Peterson leaves, then they probably need more than one. And so I think it's important to get him back. And the better the pass rush, the uh, better cornerbacks play in this league. We know that always is the case.
2: Howard Balzer joins us. So financially, what does this do for the Cardinals going forward? Do they have potential for a trade or another free agent on the offensive side of the ball? Where do they stand after the commitment and the guaranteed money to J.J. Watt in your mind? Well, I think they're
3: going to – and some of that guaranteed money will go in this year's cap and next year in a signing bonus. So I'm sure it's not going to be a big cap hit this year. But offensively, they, I think they have to get stronger in the interior of the line. They have a decision to make on Kenyon Drake, who was a transi- played on the transition tag last year. They might just let him go into the market and perhaps upgrade that in the draft. Uh, another wide receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know if Larry Fitzgerald is coming back yet. So there's a lot of unanswered questions, JT, about this team and things they have to get done in these next few weeks and then after free agency starts on March 17th. But uh, they, they have a foundation, obviously, for a pretty good team but I'll tell you I, I threw out a crazy one uh, today and it might be crazy it might not be but I said hey you've gotten DeAndre, you've gotten DeAndre Hopkins you got J.J. Watt hey why not go all in and see if you can get Deshaun Watson who as much as I love Kyler Murray and everybody loves him he's under contract for the next five years Deshaun Watson so you know what you have you know what you're getting and if Houston would take Kyler Murray and let him return to his home state of Texas, I think the Cardinals become a better team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. So it might be a fantasy, but I just, I just think that, hey, the Cardinals should go all in and try to get that one done. I don't know if they can, but I'll tell you, that would really open some eyes if they pulled something like that off.
2: My longtime friend, you would, you would own the NFL if you call that in advance. If that goes down, you will, we'll get you a statue in Canton, Ohio, if you nail that. That is beautiful. Howard Balzer joins us. But, Howard, the one other big thing, because this was such a stealth deal, Adam Schefter didn't have it, Mort didn't have it, Glazer didn't have it. The way J.J. Watt controlled the narrative, how is that going over? Throughout the great state of Arizona, I was just out there this last weekend with my son on a college tour, and no one had this. No one was talking about it. I wish it was brewing. That's the only thing I'm disappointed as a sports talk host. I wish this was a Reggie White thing where he was going to Green Bay and taking the jet to Pittsburgh. Then the Bidwells picked him up and brought him to Arizona, and there was a little bit more flamboyancy, and everybody was talking about this a little bit more. Man, it was such a stealth deal, and no one saw it coming. I just feel like we're getting cheated out on a couple of good days of sports talk.
3: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. I, was, I, I thought it was kind of cool what J.J. did. And, of course, when there were all the rumors about other teams and this offer and that offer, he's been offered this, and, and he would, he, he would send, that, send the message, hey, unless you hear it from me, it's not true. And so I thought that was pretty cool uh, what he did. But I'll tell you, you talk about a stealth bomber. I mean, how about Steve Kine, the general manager? He, he pulled the one, He pulled it off for DeAndre Hopkins last year, which certainly yeah. uh, took everybody by surprise in march and and now this one in March as well. so he's becoming a great a March stealth bomber and pulling things off and and so obviously it would have come out uh, pretty quickly and J.J. J. just wanted to make sure that he was the one that uh, to pass it along. so yeah, I see your point but, but it, hey believe, it doesn't reduce at all all the talk and all the different things of what this deal. Uh, could mean to the Cardinals and elsewhere around the league and all those things, plus pointing a finger once again at the Texans and what's going on there. We could talk two hours about that dysfunction. And, you know, they've lost Hopkins last year. They lost uh, a lot. You would think they're going to move on from Deshaun Watson. I don't know that they have a chance. And that, that's still going <laughs> to remain one of the big stories in the NFL for quite a while.
2: Howard Balzo, as we wrap this up, do you think there's any discussion coming out of Wisconsin and Green Bay going forward here that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't get a shot to recruit him and get him. I thought he was the perfect Packer playing in Wisconsin, growing up a Packer fan. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers can't get that extra player or that player that the Packers will put their neck out for. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to remain silent on this? That's an interesting question because
3: I'm sure that, you know, the teams we've heard and especially with Pittsburgh where, where JJ has two brothers, on that team, and a lot of people just figured, oh, that's where it's going to be. And I'm sure there were discussions between those teams and him and his agent and all that. I think what's going to be interesting is when J.J. talks for the first time, when he just says, hey, what was it that attracted you to the Cardinals? I mean, we don't know what all the offers were, how similar they were. I would think they probably all were pretty much in the same ballpark. And so you wonder, what was it that, you know, steered him to the Cardinals? and made him choose this deal. It obviously, it has to be more than just DeAndre Hopkins uh, being here. So I think that's going to be the interesting thing about this. But I'm sure the Packers were in the hunt. I would, I would, I'd I I'd would, be surprised to learn that they weren't. Uh, but a lot of times those things, JT, we hear this and we hear that. And you never truly know what offers were made and, and all those things. So I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to move on from this one. There's a lot of time in the offseason for the Packers to make uh, the moves that they need to make Uh, to continue being one of the best teams in the NFL.
2: You make a great point, and we'll wrap it up with this. This is going to go away quickly. It's huge for Arizona, massive for the organization and the fan base, but it will quiet down. There's still Russell Wilson out there, Deshaun Watson. There's free agency trades in the draft, so this went down pretty quickly in the offseason, but J.J. Watt Howard's going to have to prove in that press conference that he believes he can win there because he claimed he wanted to win, and he's still ring-chasing, and he wants to get a ring, and I think Arizona's very good, and Tampa Bay didn't make the playoffs, and then the next year they win the Super Bowl, but that's Tom Brady. I think that J.J. Right. is going to be pressed on why he chose Arizona and if he thinks he can win a championship there in the next two years in a very tough division.
3: You got that 100% right, and that's a, it's a great point, because while you can make the case that the Cardinals are an up-and-coming team, and they're doing a lot of the right things, and they treat their players well. But being a good team and being in the playoff hunt is a whole lot different than going out there and winning a championship. But we also know, JT, as we have seen enough times over the past few years, if you get in the playoffs, anything can happen because mm-hmm. you can get hot. And, and I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what he, he believed. And who knows if the Sean Watson thing is any part of it. I don't know if it truly was, but I'm sure what he sees of Kyler Murray is very exciting, and he sees, as, as you pointed out, a pretty good foundation that they have there. But he's also hoping and being confident that the Cardinals are going to be able to take care of all these issues that they have, as I noted, with all of these unknowns of what's going to happen with certain players, but be able to go out there and draft well and, and make the moves going forward in free agency with their own players and other players that are going to enable them to make that next step. But this should have been... A ten-win team last year, and if you win ten in this league, well, you're not going to get home field advantage, but you still can make some noise in the postseason. Unless you remember, even the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, they were seven and five with four games left in the regular season, and everyone was wondering how they were going to finish the year, and 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 they obviously put it all together at just the right time. So, yeah, I, I think it, it will be interesting, as you pointed, as I was mentioning, what you know, what what really felt and believed uh, about this team and gives him that confidence He, th- uh, in terms of what the Cardinals are doing.
2: Always great talking to you, my friend. Thanks for making time for me on a big, big breaking news story. Thank you.
3: My pleasure, J.P. Take care.
2: Thank you, Howard. Howard Balzer. And we'll have the J.J. Watt press conference sound. Bobby was buried b- building the show. We'll have that for you tomorrow on what he thinks about this move to Arizona. You know, Howard said at the end there that this was an 8 and 8 team that should have been 10 and 6. Doesn't that exactly sound like the Raiders? I mean exactly. The Raiders were an 8 and 8 team that should have been 10 and 6. And remember, Arizona won a game on a Hail Mary. The Raiders won a game on a Hail Mary. So a lot of negative people will say, "Well, the Raiders could have been 7 and 9 if they didn't beat the Jets on that Rugs Hail Mary, which it was, and Arizona won a game." On the Hell Murray, after Kyler Murray, that would have been a game they could have won 7-9. But the Raiders had multiple games that they should have won. First and goal at the 4 with Mariota. First and goal at the 4 against the Chargers. And then they beat the Dolphins. And the Dolphins won on the Ryan Fitzpatrick Miracle. Now, they lost those games. But I thought that the Raiders were the better team in those games. And the Raiders should have beat Kansas City twice. They had Kansas City with 143 to go. And Kansas City went the length of the field to win that game. And that's a game that I would love to see the Raiders get back. Tell you, I'm really lucky to work with Bobby. If you look at this show today, it all came together and right before the show, we want to thank Alex Tuck, who scored the tying goal. How cool was that? The owner of the Golden Knights, Bill Foley, Howard Balzer, Joe Theismann, who just checked in, and we really appreciate that. And and Chris Powell, the president of the – Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That's a show I'll never forget. It's tough to thread the needle with that many good guests and then get you in here and everybody who tweets and participates, we really appreciate it. I take a break and then I come back every night at 7 o'clock, 7 to 10 on Sirius XM 82, where you can catch the night show. And then we'll do it again and again and again, as long as you'll have me. Thanks to all of our partners. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio.
0: Have a good night, everybody. All right, take care.